it's always so encouraging when you come to stand here and God's already said so much of what you want to say. Anyone would think he had a plan, wouldn't they? Let me just get organised. I was down in Cardiff with some of the folk here last Saturday. And on the screen, on the board um, at the front, for quite a lot of the meeting, there was a certain sort of statement that fits in exactly with what I want to talk about this morning. And I wrote part of it down, the bit that applies. So it's about Ministries Without Borders, which is like the umbrella for us. And it said, it speaks of people who are inwardly free and outwardly mobile, who use their gifts, their talents, and their abilities to take the message of hope and the gospel of the good news to a needy and dying world. It speaks of people who are inwardly free, outwardly mobile, who use their gifts and talents and abilities to take the message of hope and the gospel of the good news to a needy and dying world. And the question I want to start with this morning is, do we truly view the world around us like that? When we think of the world around us, do we really see that it is hurting, that it is lost, that it's without hope? Because if we do, surely then, that has to have an impact on our life. If we really see that, if we truly understand that, it must mean that our lives change and our lives are different. And all through my Christian life, if you had asked me if I believed that, I would have said, yes, absolutely, 100%, no question, because it's in the Bible. And I completely, categorically believe what is in the Bible. But if you then said to me, what impact does that have? You might get a slightly different response. I would say I've always prayed for nations. I've prayed for people in leadership, for politicians, for people as they've needed prayer. But it only really started to impact me seriously when I realized that the world isn't out there, although it is out there. The world is actually on my doorstep. It's my neighbor. It's my colleague. For me, it's mainly my ex-colleagues because I work in the church center. It's my friends. It's my families. And when I look at those people, do I really understand that they are hurt and they are lost and they are without hope? Because to be quite honest, if I look at some of them, their lives seem so together, so complete, so organized, so fulfilling and satisfying and everything that I might think they need to be. But that's only the case if I'm looking with natural eyes when I'm using my own understanding, when I'm looking at them and assuming things using my natural eyes. But what we need to do is to learn to look through the lens of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who lives in us enables us to see into people's lives. He gives us insights into people's lives. Just as David was encouraging us last week, he'll give us words of wisdom and words of knowledge that we can speak into people's lives that on the outside make no sense, that you'd have no idea that that is really going to impact those people. As we listen and as we wait, if we're prepared for him to direct our interactions, we will start to see breakthrough in lives around us that when you look naturally, you wouldn't think they needed anything more. 
And then the question comes, do we ever do more than friendship? Do we listen out for harvest language? When people have questions, do we bring the word of God into their life as answers? Or do we sort of fudge around it and say something nice to make them feel better? When they have mindsets and views that we can speak into, do we bring the word of God to them? We use the phrase, and I completely believe this, that they have to know we care before they care that we know. Sorry, say that again. They have to know we care before they care what we know. But at some point, when we've got to the point that we know that they, that they know that we care, I'm getting the right muddle, aren't I? <laughs> Let's try that again. That they care, they know that we care, there then has to come something after that. We're not called just to be friends to people. We're called to bring Jesus' word, Jesus' love, the gospel of Jesus to people. So the question then carries on. So once we know that, do we put our lives on the line? Our time, our priorities, our likes, our dislikes, our fear of rejection, our fear of disdain. Are we prepared to fully be available for God to direct us and lead us as we need to, to impact the world that is literally on our doorstep? It seems like it could be quite a challenge. We live in a busy world. We have many legitimate pressures and requirements on our time. But I'm learning that it is nothing to do with how busy my life is. It's nothing to do with how prescribed it might be by work or family. In fact, our location, our family, our job, any physical limitations that we might have will never stop God from looking to use us because he has people for each and every one of us to speak into, literally on our doorstep. And it's just as we are now. We don't have to become something else or something different or something more. We don't have to wait. Right now, there are people literally dying to hear on our doorstep. So my conclusion is, that was quick, wasn't it? <coughs> that we have to learn how to see differently. John 5 verse 9 says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. He can only do what he sees his father doing. It's seeing. It's not hearing. It's not understanding. It's not assuming. It's seeing. And that word, and I am not a Greek scholar, so I don't know how to pronounce this, or Hebrew, blepe, blepo, it means to look, to see, to perceive, to discern. It is so much more than a casual glance. It's to be observant. It's to be watchful. And I found a phrase that sums it up like this. It's to see something physical with spiritual results as a person takes the needed action. It's to see something physical with spiritual results as a person takes the needed action. It's a meeting of the spiritual realm and the physical, of the heavenly realm and the earthly. And then if we see, as I said earlier, we then have to be prepared to act. There's no point in seeing things about people if we don't then do something about it, if we don't say something, if we don't do what the Holy Spirit is nudging us to do. We have to have a willingness and a readiness to respond. Mark 16 verse 15 says, as we all know, Go into all the world. 
Matthew 28, verse 19, go and make disciples. We have to go. It's not a wait around and they might wander across your path. I do believe, actually, that there will be people that come into this building who none of us have ever met, but they will seek out the presence of God and they will just arrive and we'll be astounded because how on earth did they know to come here? But a lot of the time, God is asking us to go. And nobody's excluded. It's each and every one of us because we all have different people who live in the world on our doorstep. And we know that we can go and be successful and fruitful in it because God doesn't ask us to do something that we can't do. He is not going to take you into situations and circumstances where you can't do what he is asking you to do. You might look with your natural eyes and think, I could never, ever do that. But when you look through the lens of the Holy Spirit with his guidance and his nudging and pushing you forward, you can do anything, anything that God asks you to do. Acts 1 verse 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth, but we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's just amazing, isn't it? We don't do any of this on our own. We do it relying on the Holy Spirit. On the top of my page three, it says, what does this look like? What can we expect? And I've got pages of notes. I had a lovely PowerPoint with pretty pictures. It was all very nice um, to take us through to explain what that means. And I woke up yesterday morning and I felt God say, we don't need that. We don't need more words teaching us how that works. For the vast majority of people here, we know it's not news, is it, that we're to take the gospel to the people around us. We know that if we've been a Christian for any length of time at all, we understand that that's what we're called to do. What we have to do is to learn to see We have to learn to see differently. And what I believe that God wants me to do and wants us to do, I must admit, this is way out of my comfort zone, but we're going to go for this together. Um, We need to do a practical outworking of what it is to see differently. So hopefully I can move this without dropping it on the floor. So I've been carrying a word of God for the church for a number of years now, and it's never felt quite formed. Um, It's been like a jigsaw puzzle with a missing piece, and it's shifted over time. And I know that when that happens for me, I have to wait. I have to wait for God to slot the final piece in. And there's a lesson for us in that, that we need to be careful that we only bring something, we only step out when we've got the full picture I'm going to shut my eyes because I can't explain the picture without doing that. Um, If you find it easier to build the picture as I explain it, then I'd encourage you to shut your eyes as well. So the picture that I've got is of a piece of land. There's no vegetation on it. It's quite a barren, dry land. And in the middle of that, there is a fire. And this fire is made up of logs, people-sized height, all slightly different shaped, some bigger, some slightly smaller, some slightly different looking, some with bits of twigs sticking out, but they're formed in a circle. 
And inside this circle, there are flames. You can see these flames through the gaps between these logs. You can see the smoke. You can feel the heat. You can smell the smoke. But then as you watch, one by one, these logs turn. And they turn so that the heated side, the side that is really ablaze, is facing outward. And the side that was on the outside, that was colder, has turned... Oh, turned round, and that has now caught fire. So there's fire on the outside, there's fire on the inside. And then as you carry on looking, a wind starts to blow. And as the wind blows, because of the way that fire and wind interact, the embers that are on the outside of these logs stay aflame. So just because they've turned away from the fire and the heat, they don't go out. The wind keeps them aflame. And as you carry on looking, the sparks start to fly. If you've ever been anywhere and you've got a fire that is really ablaze and really burning brightly, when the wind hits it, sparks go in all different directions. So that's a picture that I had. And what I believe that God wants to say to us as a church is that it is a season of intent, a season of intent that the fire at the beginning represents us, that we are a passionate people, we are on fire for him, we are looking to do what he wants to do, but there's more, there's more for us. That for us in our lives, there may be areas that are cold, there might be areas that God is looking us to step into, and we're reluctant for whatever reason, um, but he wants us to be fully, fully ablaze for him. So we have a choice. We either carry on as we are, facing inwards into this heat, or we choose to turn around. God is not going to do that for us. We have to make a decision and a determination, whatever the cost, to whoever, whenever, whatever, we are going to obey what God asks us to do. We are going to turn around. And as we do that, because the side that is cold hits the heat, anything that's in us that isn't of him any attitude, any behavior, anything that we've closed off starts to burn and starts to glow because we've given ourselves to him, just as we were singing actually earlier, everything to him. But then even more than that, as the Holy Spirit starts to blow, sparks start to fly. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and talks to us and says, that person over there, just go and tell them this. And you look at the person and think, I'm not doing that. I've been there so many times. I am not doing that. I'm definitely not doing that. But when you go, it's amazing. When you step out and you bring the word of God, however you're asked to do that, it changes that person's life. It breaks into the situation. So what we're going to do is we're going to work that out. So, Jeff, I need you to come here, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> so Jeff, here. Jeff and I have a standing joke. He is my fellow weird one. Too complicated to explain, but he's my fellow weird one. <laughs> F-W-O. But I believe that God wants to come this morning and tell you that you are a father and that you are wise. You are a father and you are a wise one. You're still my fellow weird one, but you're a father and you are wise. 
And there are so many more people for you to father, and there is so much more wisdom for you to bring. Dave? Hey, 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 come back. Oi, Jeff. You can't get the staff, can you? Go. I thought you'd done with right, me. Can you go, go there? Out. Okay, so these are our logs, yeah, on the outside of the fire. So different heights. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, Dave, as we know, is a man of physical stature. He quite often comments about that, doesn't he? But God wants Dave to know that there is a boldness and a passion and a zeal in you, and you have seen nothing yet for the results that that's going to bring. That as you step out boldly and courageously in ways that you haven't done yet, you will see amazing things happen in people's lives. Stay there. (laughs) Right, hang on a second, let me see. Dave Carr. Stand next to Jeff for me. <laughs> and what Dave, what God wants to say today, today is very simple: that you have been and you will continue to be a faithful, 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 faithful servant. He sees you in the quiet place. He sees you in all that you do that nobody else here realizes. He sees. And he says, you are a faithful, faithful servant. Esther, are you comfortable to come up or would you rather send Josh? Okay, so we're gradually building a circle. Well, we are, slowly. (laughs) So come this way a bit, so we're making a... Esther is one of the people I've been so impressed with over lockdown. This woman knows herself. She knows what she can do. She knows where her limitations are. And she not only does that, but she knows wisely what to do, at what stages, in able to cope with everything that's been going on physically. A very wise woman who knows herself and is prepared to talk about it. So when there's been anxiety, when there's been nervousness, she's been looking for ways to overcome that, and she talks to people about it. And God, for you this morning, would say that you will find that people will come across your path, and they will see that you are open, and it will enable them to open up their hearts to you, just because of how you are, just because of who you are. You don't need to do anything different, be anyone different, just respond as he tells you to. Ryan, is Ryan here? (laughs) Can you go and stand next to Dave in a sort of circle? Ryan's one of our unsung heroes. Ryan comes in day after day, week after week, and does all sorts of stuff for us in the building that you never see, that you'd never know. He does it quietly, he does it diligently, and he just gets on with things. And he provides so much for us, so much where we would have a need if it wasn't for him. And God just wants to tell you, you will never be in need. You never need to be afraid that you're going to run out of money or out of food or out of somewhere to live. He will always supply more and more abundantly than you need.
more and more abundantly than you need. Helen. Let's go round a bit. Helen's our last one. We need to make a bit of a circle. Oop, without knocking Helen over. <laughs> I gave you a word many, many years ago about your hair. Do you remember? About being bubbly and effervescence. And God just wants, you to, wants to remind you of that. That in the situations and circumstances you are going to find yourself in, you are going to be bubbly and effervescence for him. Don't put the cap on it. Let it overflow. Yeah? So this is our circle, okay? So these are our logs on the outside of the fire, and then this happens. Holy Spirit comes along and says to Jeff, are you prepared? Whoever, whenever, whatever, however, are you prepared to listen to my Holy Spirit and move for me? And Jeff says, he just says, yes. And then the Holy Spirit says, Whatever the cost, whatever the consequences, will you do that for me? Yes, so you can turn around. For Dave, are you prepared whenever, whoever, whatever, however, to step out for me? Absolutely. Whatever the consequences, whatever the cost. Yes. Turn around. Ryan, are you prepared whoever, whatever, however, whenever, to step out for me? Whatever the consequences, whatever the cost. Guess what? <laughs> whatever, whoever, whenever, however for me, whatever the consequences, whatever the cost. Whoever, whenever, whatever, however, whatever the consequences, whatever the cost. Whoever, Whenever, whatever, however, whatever the consequences, whatever the cost. Yes. So we now have the fire turning out. So this is all ablaze. This is becoming all ablaze because these people have said, yes, whatever the consequence, whatever the cost, whatever you ask of me. So our fire that was contained suddenly is fully ablaze. Can you imagine the difference that makes between this fire that's... When you're building a fire naturally to keep the heat in, you build it and you put logs around it to keep the heat in. And that is not how we're called to be. We're called to be facing outward, fully aflame for God. So then the last thing that the Holy Spirit does at some point is he comes to Jeff. And for Jeff, it's an old friend. There's an old friend that he will put on your heart that you need to reach out to. For Dave, it's in a coffee shop and somebody that you will look at with your natural eye and not discount, but sort of glance over and the Holy Spirit will pull your gaze back. For Ryan, it's as you just go about your day-to-day -day life, you will start to find people that you can drop little nuggets about Jesus into their lives. For Helen, it's families. It's mums with small children, not necessarily in play away, but mums with small children. For Esther, it's in your workplace. People will come across you from all different areas. It's in your workplace. And for you, it's neighbours and neighbourhood 
and for the people that you see. Thank you. Right, it's time to go and sit down, folks. Thank you very much. So God comes with a challenge, I believe, for each and every one of us. If you picture that picture with people, slot yourself in. Slot yourself into the picture. You're starting off and you're facing forward. And God comes and says, this is who you are. But for some of you in a moment, as we're just quiet before God, he will drop things into your mind of who you are. They might be words that you've had for years that you've forgotten about. They might be certain scriptures that you have that tell you about who he is. So you drop, put yourself in this picture, and then God comes along and says, are you ready to make that commitment? Are you ready to say, whoever, whatever, whenever, however, regardless of the cost, regardless of the consequence, it's a very, very serious thing to say to God, because if you say that to God, he's going to take you at your word, and you will find the Holy Spirit prompting you into areas, maybe, that you've never expected as you keep sensitive to him. And when we learn to live like that, when we learn to see like that, this becomes true. We're speaking of a people who are inwardly free. We're inwardly free because we are completely submitted to God, completely submitted to everything that he has for us. We are outwardly mobile, we're looking out. You're never going to be outwardly mobile if you ever look, only ever look into your own little world. God wants us facing out so we can be outwardly mobile. We use our gifts, our talents, our abilities. I would sum that up by saying everything that we are, everything that we have, he wants to use. So we take the message of hope and the gospel of the good news to a needy and dying world. So it's your chance to respond. So if Adrian can come up, please, wherever Adrian is. He's vanished. When Adrian reappears. Oh, there he is. <laughs> so as Adrian starts to play, I just want you to stay sat and just wait for God to speak to you. I believe for every single person here this morning, God has something to say to you about who you are, who you are in him. As I said, it might be a reminder of a verse. It might be a reminder of a word. But God, and God can just obviously drop new things into our hearts, new things for us to understand. When you get to the point where that's happened, that's when the challenge comes. Whatever, whoever, whenever, however. And at that point, you need to stand. And then, I believe what will happen is there's a challenge then to turn, to turn to face outward. And as you do that, and I mean physically do that, so I would suggest you aim out of the building, so orientate yourself so you're facing out. And as you do that, I believe God will drop into your hearts and minds people and circumstances and situations. It might be a picture of a place that you work. It might be a name. It might be a circumstance, but God will drop things into our hearts and into our minds. If you're here and you have never accepted Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior, 
Or if you're here and you have never been baptized in the Spirit, everything that we've been talking about becomes a bit difficult because you need, obviously, to have accepted Jesus. And we can't do it alone. We read in Acts about how we receive power. So not putting anyone on the spot here, but Sue is going to come down and be over here. So that for anyone who needs to know more about Jesus and to uh, be prayed for in terms of being baptized in the Spirit, Sue's going to come here and I'm going to ask David to join her, please. And then for anyone else, if there's anything that you need prayer for at all, if you want to hear a now living word of God, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. But in doing that, for the rest of us, I believe God can give all of us the words for the people that might come forward. The only thing I would say is when you're speaking words like that into somebody's life, do it in pairs. Don't do it on your own. It should always be in a pair so that you're working as a team and you're listening to each other. Okay? So we're starting off in quiet, standing up to say, yes, we're ready, turning round to say, and we're ready to go with any prompts, any direction of the Holy Spirit. Prayer for salvation, prayer for baptism in the Spirit, questions, we're going that way. If you want a now word of God, you're coming this way. Does that all make sense? Yeah? Thank you. So a season of intent, a season of decision, a season of determination. If you've got questions or queries, come and talk to somebody, maybe somebody that you came with, somebody that you know. But we're going to finish this morning by singing a song that sums up everything that we've been talking about, everything that God's been saying to us from really the moment we first started in worship this morning. If you're still listening, if you're still waiting for God, just stay. There's no urgency to run away.